Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Sorry, uh, welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. This is Darren Carp, and I got Papa Bear, Magic's dad, for the first right time here. ever, is on the line. Normally mm-hmm. we have Magic, but John decided mm. to call in this time. John, how you doing? Meanwhile, I'm the one making the money so Magic can eat, but okay. You know yeah, what? I'm just trying to actually want to. I just want to counterpoint that, that I think that you're exaggerating mm. that, and I think actually Magic oh. does the work so he could eat, oh. and you just happen to no. live off of him. No, That's he fine. just six of one, half a dozen of the other. It's he fine. just he just sprints around the house and attacks my feet. That's all he does all day long. And this is and this is a problem for you. Yeah, it is a bit of a problem. Okay, um, Darren, let's get right into our thoughts today because we're actually taking a little bit of a break this week, you guys, because yes. It's a lot going on right now. We um, have some scheduling conflicts, but Darren, tell everyone what you're up to this weekend because that's kind of the main reason, but it's a really fun one. Yes, I hope you guys have been listening to our NMR or you're watching me currently. If you're listening to this on Sunday, I'm doing the Oscars today for E. I'm doing some carpet stuff, doing some uh, after party stuff. So definitely take a look. Uh, at my outfits, they're going to be worth talking about, people, of course. I'm going to bring it. Oh. But Oscars tonight, if you're listening, the day this drops, uh, I just, this crazy week of mine is kind of getting ahead of me. And there's so much to prepare for because there's 10 picture nominations that John, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, we have determined from our NMR, has seen zero out of 10. I've seen so, zero, yeah. <laughs> he has seen zero of 10. So <laughs> I will be doing that. And uh, so I appreciate excited. you all for your patience with that. Yeah, so we basically won't have a brand new episode today, but we will see Darren on E! So make sure you guys That's are tuned right. in. I'm so excited for you, Darren. Um, we'll be back next week, uh, and we're going to tell you what we're doing now so that you can get ahead of it as well. We're doing another TV recap episode about the Murdaugh murders, a southern scandal. The documentary is on Netflix, so you can go and watch it right now. We're letting you guys know ahead of time so you can watch it and listen along with us as we discuss. Darren, it's very current. There's been recent news. We won't even spoil it right now, but there's been news about this case, so it's extremely current. You were going to... I was going to... I was going to spoil it, (laughs) um, and I think if you are a true crime fan, you know that he's been convicted, but I want to go through all of the things because there's so many people, even before that that murder conviction got... um, adjudicated where it was like he's guilty he's guilty he's guilty and like evidence still matters and so the doc kind of goes into that a little bit but the doc that we're talking about on netflix kind of go doesn't really cover his son paul and his wife's murder as much it really covers all the other 
I kind of liken them to like the JFKs. There's just like a lot of sadness with this family, but they're super Mm. powerful. So keep an eye out for posts on Facebook and Patreon because we're going to want to hear what you guys think about this case, given how current it is and all the news kind of coming out about it. We may end up reading some of your thoughts and comments on air. So again, that's going to be next Sunday in a week from now. There you go. All right. But for now, here's a flashback episode from all the way back in 2021 to keep you over until we get back from basically winning Oscars and maybe getting slapped. We'll have to see how oh, that goes. Oh, for sure. Maybe yeah. with baloney, John. We'll see you guys next time. It's and not just shaken, and it's not just disturbed. It's shaken it's both. and disturbed. Exactly. Who who could imagine if our podcast was called uh, Disturbed? Just with disturbed. Darren, with, with Darren, disturbed with John and Darren, <laughs> shaken with John and Darren. That could track. I could see a shaken around. I could, I could oh. see a shaken around. Oh, okay. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um. Well, welcome to Shaken and Disturbed. I'm Darren Carp, and I'm here with my equally disturbing and shaken podcast host, John Thrasher. Um, mm-hmm. Happy belated Thanksgiving. I hope, you That's know, right. everyone had a good one. We said that last week, but due to sometimes our recording schedules, like I never right. remember. So I'm it's just It's fresher for us now than it is by the time people are listening to this. So we're still in Thanksgiving mode, I think, it, a hangover. Exactly. Um, <laughs> wanted to let everyone know, though, that if you can't get enough of John and myself... We That's have right. another special thing. So, you know, in the past few weeks, I've talked about my new podcast, Betrayal, with Darren Carp, that John has had a hand in every single episode. So it's not just my podcast in any sort of way. Well, can, it is, but thank if, you. But if you're listening to Betrayal, though, you still get a little John because it's his magic producing in the That's background. That's a good way to put but it. Okay, yeah. This last Monday, oh uh, so, you know, this, this six days ago Monday, mm-hmm. um, John, you were my co-host, my co-pilot on this week's episode. And I got to say, because of the case, yeah. it's one of my favorite episodes. Like, yeah. teasing that it could be a pet as the witness to this case, I don't think it should be underestimated. No. And by the way, what a tease, right? Like, you know, there's an animal that has a has a, a huge part, actually, in this case. I feel like people may have heard of this case because I feel like it hit all those headlines back in the day when it was a, a For fresh sure. headline. But yeah, well, thank you, by the way, for letting me be a part of your show. I mean, yes, I was in the background helping to produce this. With I mean, you haven't paid your invoice yet? That's right. I do no. need to pay you That's for cool. allowing me to spend more time thank you with you. For the recognition? Yes. Yeah, you're welcome. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. But it was just another chapter. You know, I was kind of like, I posted about it on social media recently, and there was so much amazing response. We'll get to that, actually, in our listeners' shout-outs. So many of you guys listening to Shaken and Disturbed went over and listened to Betrayal with Darren Carp, which is amazing. So thank you guys for that. But, you know, I was reflecting a little bit, Darren, because I was like, this is yet another chapter in our ongoing true crime partnership that has been a success like every step of the way. And I'm not it's trying to toot our own horns here, but it's just been fun. And it's like, you know, when you and I, I remember the first time and maybe I'll save some of this for NMR for Patreon, but um, 
I remember the first time I thought maybe we should be podcasters. You know, we weren't even doing mm-hmm. true crime at that time. And I was kind of nervous to ask you to partner with I me. I remember because... you coming to my desk. Yeah. Yes. Oh, did I? Okay. I don't even remember that. I remember that. that. Yeah. It was okay. on the uh, 14th floor when yeah. I used to sit on the other side, yes. not where I sat the, le- oh, before the yeah. pandemic. Remember? It was the other side of, of 14. I forgot that um, you sat That's very there. esoteric. We can talk about it in NMR. Well, that's but... a whole other thing. Yeah. But and then yeah. you like cooked me some lasagna and you gave it to me. Remember, because I was like, oh you like God, had that's right. You, you like had lunch yeah. or something, and I was like, "Where is mine? If you want me to be a podcast host, like, yeah. where's my lunch?" So I won your and... I won your heart by giving you lasagna. You're saying I didn't realize that. You thought it was your talent. You thought it was just me. Personality, yeah. sweetie. <laughs> well, Come it's on. just I remember coming to you, and I I remember being like, because at that time I was just trying to like have a great podcast partner we were doing we we're going to do currently eventually is what that was which was just an yes. all topics podcast and i remember being like she's too busy for me or she's too important or too 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 Ugh. and i just remember thinking but i love her i love spending time and talking with you and we were building a friendship at that point so it did feel like obvious in a sense and so anyway who totally. would have thought our little podcast currently would blossom into betrayal with darren carp at investigation discovery so congratulations to you and thank you again for letting me be on the episode it's a really interesting episode you guys should it, listen honestly it was my honor and i'm really hope everyone listens and uh, i hope you guys like it because it was a labor of <laughs> love right. if they say a labor of love that's right by the way really quick we'll, we'll, and and we'll link to that episode in our show notes of this week's episode so you can click right in and start listening um we have some updates about our holiday card that we're sending out. So stay tuned to the end of this episode for details. If you want to receive the mom and dad shaken and disturbed holiday card for 2021, you're going to need to, to sign up for our Patreon, but we're going to give you all the details for that at the end of the show. That's right. All That's right. right. Um, well, before we get into this week's case, as always, yeah. Johnny boy, yeah. what are we consuming? I see a mug, Well, but it's, <laughs> It's an opaque mug. I can't really see yeah, what the deal this is, is with that. This is just water. I'm doing Sober Sally oh. this week because we're recording this later in the evening, and I have Pickleball after this. I don't even know if I've talked about Pickleball. I'll talk about it on NMR. Go listen to our NMR episodes. That's not what the, for this show, but... I don't want to be like, you know, drunk and tipsy and falling all over the court. No, there's people there's people yeah. I know who can like drink before playing any I sort know. of athletic activity. And I know that pickleball is like well, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think pickleball is as labor intensive as tennis is. Uh-huh. We could talk about an NMR. That's but right. Yeah. It definitely requires physical activity, and oh, I wouldn't want to sure. be drunk either. Yes, so, exactly. Yes. There you go. Yes. Um, so I'm passing on drinking for this week's episode, but what are you drinking? Anything in particular? Well, if you're sober, Sally, I'm going to be sober, Sam. This week, Uh, sober Sam. I have just for some reason this week I have so much work to do. I'm doing a bunch of different and in a good way, uh, not complaining, but doing a bunch of different appearances that I have to kind of pay attention for. I'm actually covering. Uh, we're recording this at at night, but a little bit earlier in the week. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I uh, I'll talk about this in NMR. But I went to go see a screening of Being the Ricardos last night because I'm covering oh. the red carpet for it. Look for at people. you, yeah. Um, and so I have to kind of prep for that, and I need to be very uh, clear eyed yes, and bushy tailed. So I am going to be a sober Sam this week. Okay, for sober Sally and sober Sam are reco- uh, reporting for Shaken and Disturbed. Yes, um, and. You know, the, I like that we, you know what, I like that we do a sober episode every couple of weeks because a lot of people appreciate that. A lot of people listening are like, 
hey, thanks, I'm recovering, whatever, or I'm trying to be sober. And it means a lot that you guys would take a break. And I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about that. So we're representing everybody, not just the drinkers. I always think about that when it's like, there's so much about drinking, especially, that's just like kind of society telling you that you need to drink. Like, I I don't think I've ever wanted a drink fully. It's just been kind (laughs) of there. Like, I've never craved a drink. No, you're right. Yeah, me neither. I've never, just not me personally. I know other people do. I'm not saying it's impossible, but. Sure, yeah. So much of it is just like kind of societal pressure. And I often think about like, you know, waiters or in restaurants, you know, someone's not drinking and they're kind of like, are you sure you don't want to drink? I'm like, you don't know my situation. Like you don't know if that's triggery or not for me or whatever. So people that, and and this includes me too, because I'm sure I've pressured my friends into wanting to drink when they didn't, you know, weren't weren't wanting to in in the same way. I mean, not in a bad way, but just like one of them. Yeah, that's this. Yeah, of course. Um, Well, you are. You need to be constantly drunk and constantly consuming alcohol, that's but that's either here or there. That's what our friendship there. is. Yeah, that's right. That is what our friendship is. So, yes, I think we all kind of need to be a little bit more understanding. You're um, so right about this. It's something I, I never noticed until we started doing boozy podcasts before that, like, yeah. yeah. No, it's important, and, yeah. and language matters and assumptions matter. So we're going to be Sober Sally and Sober yeah. Sam this there week. There we go. Uh, do, you, do you want to get into this week's case? Let's. You know what? I do. We you should get what? into it. We All right, fine. Well, we're here. We might as well. That's right. All right. Well, okay. here, here. let's start this week's episode. On June 24th, 1980, the body of 19-year-old University of Wisconsin student Sharice Kemp's, uh, sorry, Camps, was discovered in her apartment. So right off the bat, we're giving you a body in an apartment. So Yeah, and young, too. Yeah, exactly. Sharice uh, had been strangled to death inside of her home, and her body was discovered naked, face down, on her blood-soaked bed with the tie belt of a bathrobe strewn across her back. Very gory details right at the, uh, at the top here. Sharice was yeah. found by her friend May, who had been— Do you wear a robe? <clears throat> Sorry. No, it's a good question. Thank you so much for asking. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't wear a robe because— I well, I think the reason is because I take really, really hot showers. Like mm. the hotter, the better. I want my skin to boil. I want my skin to. Fall You're getting off. like third degree burns. I want I want the police to I want the fire department to show up because I'm burning to Fair. death. Fair, totally. And so I think when I get out of the shower, the cool down feels so nice. And like if I put a robe on, I'm just like hot again. It like keeps the moisture and humidity on your body. I, I hate you. I hate those hate the word moisture, but yes, that's kind of moisture. What, moisture. Murder and moisture. Moisture and moisture. Moita and moisture. Moita and moisture. <laughs> but no, it's funny because like my mom got me like a really nice robe for Christmas one year, and I'm just like thanks, but no thanks. Um, thanks. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. But okay. no, I think everyone, you know, everyone's like a robe person or they're not. What about you? Are you a robe person at all? You know, I'm really not. And like every time you go into one of those like fancy hotels, it's like four seasons. Yeah, I was just going to say that. And, you know, it's like, so my girlfriend's always like, but look at the robe. And I'm like, but when am I, I don't know if I like just sitting in a robe. Like Especially I sort of from get a hotel, it if like, by the if way. you get, well, in high end places, obviously sure, like yeah. they're clean and they're doing this. And like, granted, is it better to show up if someone knocks on your door in a robe than in a towel? I would feel better as a woman being okay, in a robe sure. than a towel. But as a leisure, I don't do it. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I just, like, don't, like, I just don't. I you're say, either a robe person or you're not a robe person, and that's facts. It's that's true. Facts. I want to say one thing. We should have, I don't know if we should have mentioned this, but this is the first week Darren and I are actually on Zoom in terms of, like, video conferencing because we just hadn't done it before we like to keep our video off because we don't want the visual cues to come through in a recording for you guys 
But I will say, Darren, it's made a world of difference because I'm already enjoying the theatrics of your passion of the of me whether... gesticulate about ropes. That's right. Yes. yes. So you guys, you know, maybe we'll record these and put them on Patreon or something like that down the road. Yes, but anyway. we should actually. Okay. Back anyway, to the story. so yes, very gruesome stuff right here at the top. Wisconsin police arrived at the scene again. Charisse was found by her friend who had been partying with her the night before. They arrive at the scene. They found that Charisse had been beaten and had suffered traumatic injuries to her throat and genitals, apparently from insertion of a blunt object. I mean, talk about just absolutely horrifying details. Horrifying. Any sort of rape, obviously, is terrible, but especially... Like sodomy, if that's the right term of this kind, uh, I'm yeah. not really. Maybe I'm not using that, but like any any type of um, blunt force, you know, using with yeah. an object. There's just there was this horrible case that happened in my in the hometown next to me with mm. a uh, with a special needs girl oh, God. who was ra- It was horrible. It happened even before I was born with these high school students. You can even look it up. Ugh. It traumatized me when and I was a kid. Is you're just hearing about it. You know. I'm just hearing, especially, you know, to anyone, let alone special needs or not. Yeah. But it was just like, there's a, a separate place in hell for I agree. those people, too. You know so, what I totally. mean? Totally. You know, and yeah. there's, a, there's a certain amount of, you know, you and I over the years have not necessarily empathized with certain uh, perpetrators or criminals. But, you know, we do psychoanalyze the the human Mindset. the human part of, of why people do this stuff. This type of stuff and like the special needs, you know, like that type of stuff, I have no, no Ugh, empathy. I, have, I don't even want to hear about it. You know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff is just another level. It does it. feel less, it does feel more removed from having this mental state. Like, yeah, there's no excuse for raping and killing. Absolutely not. I'm not saying that, but there, it does feel like there's a different kind of monster when yes. it's with an object. Uh, for sure. Both monstrous, but yeah, it definitely yeah. feels different. Yeah, the severity is different. Well, okay, so police scoured the apartment for evidence, finding hair samples, fingerprints throughout the home, and semen on the bathrobe, the tie of which was, of course, found on Cherise. So now there's some even more sexual evidence happening here. It seems like there's very clearly sexual assault, and now there's DNA. So authorities questioned May's fiancé, Ralph Armstrong, a 27-year-old student who also attended University of Wisconsin. Naturally, if she... You know, there's sexual assault. You have to immediately think of the boyfriend, whether or not he's a suspect. You got to question. Well, rem- him. well, remember, Sharice was found by her friend May, and this is May's mm-hmm. fiance. So obviously, oh, right. you know, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. tied Sorry. together. Yes, no, you. I knew that's what you meant. I just didn't want the audience to be confused. Yeah, they're all tied together. Especially For sure, I think the, even in know. that situation, they they certainly definitely. Do. Well, in 1979, Ralph had been released from a New Mexico prison on a sodomy conviction and four rape convictions, which is very disturbing. Although, again, we talked about this on last week's episode. Like, what is a sodomy conviction? Like, okay, like not to get too, you know, R-rated. There might be people listening with kids in the car right now. But, you know, a sodomy nowadays is looked at very differently given the way I think our society and our culture has progressed, especially with gay rights. But I feel yeah. like there are still states that, like, you know, keep that on the books in terms of law so they can, like, really get somebody even when they don't want to. And it's just kind yeah. of disturbing. But who knows? I don't know exactly what this uh, this particular charge was, but you just have to wonder about that, especially in 1979. Yes. Well, Although we're pretty convinced of the four rape convictions. Well, that's true. Yes. I mean, yes, rape yes. is a very different thing. So. Ralph told detectives that he, his brother Steve, his fiancée May and Charisse, as well as a few other friends, had been at Na- Namio's restaurant the previous night. 
They had returned to Sharice's apartment where they drank and did drugs, including cocaine. Ralph admitted he had been at Sharice's apartment earlier in the evening around 9.30 p.m., but had gone back to spend the night with May. He also stated that he had owed Chrissy's, I'm sorry, Sharice's boyfriend $400 and had paid him the cash the night Sharice was killed. So now there's like an exchange Mm. of a, you know, $400 in 1979 is a little bit different than what it is today, I think. So that's kind of a significant amount of money. Um, and all that's being transacted, transacted, is that the right word? Um, the night of the murder, so. Although $400 for any college student Good feels point. like a college, lot. Any, yeah. It feels like a lot anyway, oh so yeah. this is a big, this is a big amount of money considering mm-hmm. the age group of these people. If I had $400 in college, like, it was a big deal. Let me, let's oh. put it that way, for me at least. I don't you know. didn't want me to have $400 in college, <laughs> trust me. Well, Ralph then allowed a crime lab to take scrapings from underneath his fingernails and toenails. Ralph was taken into custody when a test identified blood underneath his nails. By the way, doesn't oh. mean anything convincingly perfectly right now, but it also is... Also a good sign that he was, I was willing just gonna to do say this. That. I was just yes. going to say that, yes. So that's what we know at this point. Well, Ralph attributed this blood to a cut on his knee and the fact that he had sex with his girlfriend during her period. Mm. I'm sorry to report... But this does happen, which is why I complain about long fingernails. I digress. Oh, next. boy. Okay. Sorry. Next. Sorry. Next. Next. Uh, <laughs> next. Next. Um, next. You, with next. John and Darren. That's right. Next. Authorities spent time questioning Sharice's neighbors, hoping someone may have spotted her killer on the night of her death. Sharice's neighbor, uh, Richie Arabia. Yeah. I think it's R-I-C-C-I-E. Richie. Yeah. That sounds Richie to me. Arabia. Yeah. Yeah. Richie Arabia told police that around 1230 a.m. from her spot on her porch across the street, she noticed a man drive up to the area and park out of sight. Hmm. During this initial report, Richie described the driver as being lean and muscular with long, dark hair. Could have been me. Reporter... It's, I mean, or me. I'm very lean and muscular. Yeah. Actually, this fits uh, you more than if it's This me. is more me. Um... <laughs> The long dark hair. That's really, right. Not the lean and muscular. You, but... you used to have long dark hair, though. Yeah, now I have like mid size. Um, like <laughs> I like that you're reportedly... You guys can't see. She's shaking her head a little bit. Oh my God. Like a little dinner <laughs> bell. Okay. Reported. We're getting off the rails for being sober. We today, really but are. We really that's are. That's not the point. Yeah, that's fine. Reportedly, the man had entered and exited Sharice's building three different times before returning to the area where he'd park his car. Mm. A little sussy, but. Mm-hmm. If you're doing drugs and you might not want to have everything in the apartment, maybe you're going back for supplies, maybe you forgot something, doesn't yeah. really say anything. I agree. Police wanted Richie to come into the precinct to conduct an identification with potential suspects, but they decided they first wanted her to undergo, undergo hypnosis, uh, which is pretty interesting. Okay. Now, during the videotaped hypnosis session, a detective and hypnotist viewed photographs of Ralph Armstrong in his car. However, the detective testified that during the session... Richie was not shown the photos. Okay. Okay. I'm very sus about this in the sense that... You remember in 1979, there was like... I'm forgetting the name of the project, but there was this like government remote viewing project where they were like trying to do experiments with people to like see into the future and like... It's it's basically what Stranger Things is based on. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. I'm I have not. I, I, there's a I name. I didn't even for know it. Stranger Things was based on anything. Yeah, it's kind of based on this 70, 1970s government sanctioned. Literally, like the records are being released as we speak because it's all those years later. I wish I could. F- I'll find the name in, in a second. But um, I feel like the 70s and like just the way you know the culture was about like 
drugs and and tripping and like you know it was a very different time you know than i think where we are now but like the police wanted to have her go under hypnosis i just find that very sus to me because yeah why what's the point of being having someone hypnotized like just very is 70s. it for accuracy yeah right like, great why example yes do that she clearly remembers at least enough to remember yeah. someone kind of coming in and out and okay I, I i read this but i just want i just want to restate it because again during the hypno hypnosis session a detective and hypnotist viewed photographs of the car but richie was not shown the photos but richie later contradicted the detective stating she had seen ralph's photo while in the hypnosis room while reportedly okay. under hypnosis, Richie described the man she'd seen as being roughly 5'3 to 5'5 five, five tall, which you were definitely taller, John, so we know it wasn't you. That's true. With bushy eyebrows and a long nose. That could, but that could be me, so. That that could be you. Although those are good descriptors, <laughs> I think, to have. I mean, 5'3 to 5'5 five, five is a pretty short guy. Yeah. Um, so you'd think that if you saw that, like you would kind of know the difference. Like that seems to be a pretty important factor here, especially the height. And they're very significant features in that they're so sort of out of the ordinary. Like when I, when you're describing all those things, I'm trying to picture what that person looks like and they're very unique. You know what I mean? They wouldn't necessarily kind of blend in. Um, By the way, by the way, I found what I was talking about. It was called MK ultra. Does this ring a bell to you in any way? Oh, that name definitely does, but I guess I didn't know the details about it. I'll just read a quick description since we're on topic about it. MKUltra was a top-secret CIA project in which the agency conducted hundreds of clandestine experiments, sometimes on unwitting U.S. citizens, to assess the potential use of LSD and other drugs for mind control, information gathering, and psychological torture— Though Project MK Ultra lasted from 1953 until about 1973, okay, so I'm a little uh, early. Details of the illicit program didn't become public until 1975 during a congressional investigation into widespread illegal CIA activities within the United States and around the world. So there's lots to be there's lots to to look into about this, and there are allegations that they were able to have people meditate to a point where they could remote view, as in. I'm John Thrasher sitting in my room and I'm remote viewing through your eyes, Darren. And they claim it's like even a VR. the pe- Yeah, even the people who were participating in this, they claimed they were able to deduce Russian secrets by because remember this is around the Cold War essentially, um, by remote viewing into like their minds. And it's not just like hearsay and like speculation and conspiracy. It's literal government documented technique. It's so crazy that it's like almost unbelievable. But check it out. It connects to the hypnosis thing. We don't want to go too far off track here. But again, Wild. people are still under hypnosis in the 70s in the court of law or in, in terms of police detective sure. uh, sure. investigation. So it's very weird. Darren, I, I, I would love to hear more about this because I feel like you'd have a strong opinion one way I, or another. Uh, after you, Let me read yeah, on it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, read Let me, let me read it. on yes. it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, after being prodded by the hypnotist, Richie then changed her estimation of the man's height to roughly six feet. Now, that's a so significant being, difference. Being prodded right. has its place in <laughs> right? in in questioning. If, if, if someone's not giving the full story, if someone's... Yeah changing their story but after giving a definitive fact to be prodded to then change to almost 
literally a half a foot taller. Yeah, that's a big That's difference. a big swath of yeah. a, a five foot three guy versus a six foot guy. Yeah. I mean. Well, get this. Ralph Armstrong, one of the investigators' prime suspects, is 6'2 and had long, dark hair. Wow, he kind of fits the bill now. That he does. Well, 10 days after Sharice's death, authorities conducted a pseudo-reenactment lineup near her apartment with Ralph and four other participants. The other four were detectives wearing long, dark wigs. This lineup look, uh, took place around 4 a.m., again, very odd, presumably in an attempt to recreate the night Richie had seen the man. At the, at the advice of counsel, Ralph passively resisted participation in the lineup as he and his attorney both felt it was unfairly rigged against him. And absolutely it is. I mean, especially if you have the other detectives looking exactly like this guy. I mean, right. this doesn't really, this isn't adding up. And isn't it such a sign, like not that, not that necessarily uh, the justice system is perfect these days by any means, but I feel like in the 70s compared to now, like it was very like chaotic I mean, it's still chaotic. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But things yeah. like this, I just feel like you don't hear of really happening in the same way, you know, these days. I, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I don't know those numbers offhand. But, right. I mean, I, I see your point with this. I mean, uh, it bothers me that there's two things already wrong with this case. One, yeah. the prodding, and she changed her mind. Right. And then, like, the... the A 4 a.m. lineup with people that look like him? What? Yeah, it just... I don't know. It feels very like I understand Ralph not wanting to be a kind of, of yeah. guilty before innocent. Yes, it yes. sounds bad already. Yeah, hundred percent. Because well, okay, we'll get to the details. Instead of cooperating, Ralph went limp during the lineup and had to be dragged away by two police officers. You know, I don't know if that means he necessarily passed out. I think maybe he was just sort of like, nope, not participating in this, yeah. literally standing up in front of these people. The police officers refused to call it. They dragged Ralph back outside Sharice's apartment and instructed two detectives to stand on either side of him, holding him up to be identified. All does that, is this is this kosher? What? I mean, is this okay? Well, for, and like, is this protocol? It feels like that he has a huge target on his back. Right. Now. Like, I, I don't know. All four other detectives and wigs were also held upright by two detectives each. I'm assuming so it looks similar. I guess similar. even. Okay. By this time, daylight had broken and Richie was asked to pick the man's uh, pick the man she'd seen out of this lineup from 25 feet away. Pick the man's. I was trying to You got to pick your man. You got to pick your man's in this lineup. She'd seen out of this lineup from 25 feet away as I mentioned, so she's now, you know, they're sort of recreating, I guess, the amount Almost of feet the, away. Almost the exact scenario. Yeah. yeah. Richie identified Ralph as being the man she'd seen the night of Sharice's death, but also commented to the detectives on scene that it was obvious the other men involved were wearing wigs. So you're kind of tainting this if like that, you know, it's very clear that there were men in wigs. I also, don't know, it's him just being weird. there doesn't imply, I mean, it's certainly if he was lying about where he is, obviously that would matter, but it doesn't necessarily imply killing at all. I mean, totally. And by the way, like, we're not. We're trying not to give away any details here that we're going to get to. But whether he, we're questioning as it goes along. I was going to say whether so he's not, guilty or not. Right. This is just not a. This is not a just way. I feel like of of determining guilt. But anyway. 
Well, right, and it bothers me, like, why the hypnotist in the first place? Why not just take her, so get her statement, and then go to a lineup? Right. Why do you need hypnotism? No. It's another problem with it. Well, Richie later confirmed that she specifically said the lineup was fixed. On July 3rd, Ralph was arrested and charged with Sharice's rape and murder. Wow. On March 18th, you'd think that the fucking witness who's saying that it was fixed wouldn't mm. result in the conviction of Ralph, but right. on March 18th, 1981, Ralph's case was brought to trial. So, and the case against him was built on forensic evidence collected at the scene, eyewitness identification, testimony, and an alleged motive involving the money Ralph had owed to Sharice's boyfriend, which, by the way, they wouldn't have known unless Ralph had admitted that in the first place. Well, by the way, where's the forensic evidence from the semen? Wouldn't that give away something, too? I mean, Ralph isn't wouldn't her the, boyfriend, so... Wouldn't the blood underneath the blood, him maybe yeah. mad, match Sharice's? Also, and we don't know that yet, but also, yeah, like, right. it does seem... This guy, so far in the story, from what we know, it does seem that this guy, because he went to prison already mm-hmm. and was convicted of four rapes, that he's guilty for the rest of his life, well, which I, sure, do have right? a, I do have a problem with. Yep, and yep. the prosecution called the forensic analyst to testify that several of the head hairs collected from the bathrobe belt were similar to Ralph's hair. So okay. were they similar well, I genetically? Have si- yeah, Darren and I have similar I'm hair. Saying, yeah, we have similar hair. Um <laughs> The analyst also identified several head and pubic hairs found at the scene that matched neither Ralph nor Sharice. Okay. But again, okay. this isn't, the, you know, Darren could come visit my house, or Darren, I came to visit your apartment. I'm I sure may there's have, your DNA hair. Yeah. Like, I, I could have done cartwheels and my hair could have flown off my head. And, I, you and know, that doesn't mean I was To be I fair, you there. did. I did you do did many do. cartwheels. That's true. Thank you. It was near the Olympics. Well, during closing arguments, the prosecution <laughs> referred to these findings, stating two of the defendant's hairs were found on this robe. Okay, that doesn't mean you've killed somebody. Okay, they're friends, by the way, right? It's her best friend or her friend's boyfriend, so. Well, and and it's the analyst identified saying it didn't match Ralph or Cherise, so that's wrong. The prosecution also called another forensic analyst to testify about a reading found that proved the presence of chemicals in human blood found on several of Ralph's fingers and toes. Okay, well, he's a human, so... So he does have blood. Not to be gross, but if he's having sex with his girlfriend on her period, I mean... No, yeah. I I mean, I hate to break it to people, but, like, women bleed. Like, that's just part of it. Like, it's not that crazy. The analyst also stated that she she wasn't able to determine any actual characteristics of blood, so no actual blood, to be clear. Just some chemicals that are found in blood. Okay, so what? Like, oxygen? Like, Like, what are we talking about here? Right, like DNA? Uh, in closing, the prosecutor referred to these findings, too, stating that was Sharice Camp's blood. Which can't so be truly definitively It can't said. be true. It can't <laughs> be true. Good one. I like that. Here all day. Right. Ralph's fingerprints were found on a bong in Sharice's apartment. Again, they were doing drugs. Uh, but the defense team argued that Ralph had simply moved the bong on the night of the murder. And if he was there doing drugs, of course he would be touching the bong. I mean, especially if you're murdering somebody, you're probably not also using a bong to murder them i don't know and granted this is back in the day when you could probably be arrested for it but so the defense team arguing that ralph had just moved the bong which also could be true they'd have to prove that he had a pot in his system and also a bong is not illegal no right exactly it's the drugs that go in the bong that are illegal so it doesn't really matter about him having a bong but i digress well the forensic analyst testified that the semen found on the bathroom bathrobe excuse me came from a quote type a secretor oh 
I'm a secretor. I am a type A secretor. That's right. A secretor, for those who don't know, refers to someone whose blood type can be found in their other bodily fluids, a.k.a. saliva, mucus, semen, etc. So I didn't even know that, by the way. I didn't know what a secretor was. I hate the word secretor, and I can't believe I've said it ten times. To secrete. Yes, you've said it a bunch. Well, during testimony, the neighbor who had undergone hypnosis identified Ralph as the man he saw enter and exit Teresa's building three times on the night of her death. So, okay, now we've got an eyewitness. Okay. He's a type A secretor. He's a That's type A we secretor. Know. We do know that. Prosecutors also threw, in, threw into question Ralph's statement that he'd been at Sharice's apartment at around 930 the evening before her death, claiming the route he'd driven wouldn't have allowed for a stop at her home. Okay, well, we don't have a map in front of us, but that's interesting nonetheless. Mm -hmm. The state claimed that instead, Ralph had come to Sharice's apartment after midnight, at which time he'd murdered Sharice and left fingerprints at the scene. I'm still not hearing a motive, by the way, but okay. I don't know what his point would be. Let's keep going. Right. The state claimed Ralph's motive. Here we go. The state claimed Ralph's motive was money. Earlier in the evening, he'd paid Charisse, $400 cash towards the loan he owed her boyfriend. Okay. We but again, that, that has to do with the boyfriend, not her. Not I mean, not, her, that, yeah. not that it couldn't be used her for revenge, but like yeah. if he'd paid Charisse $400, then we're good. For then sure. Then it's solid. Then it's done. Well, yeah. he'd come to her apartment in the middle of the night to kill her and reclaim the cash. The money had not been found in her apartment the day her body was discovered. And Ralph had deposited $315 into his bank account that morning. But none of this is, I'm sorry, none of this is filtering as a murder, but okay. Yeah, what if he got paid and that's how he paid off the boyfriend and then just deposited the rest Mm. into his account? Well, the defense argued all of these points, citing the fact that Ralph had received $315 from his brother Steve that morning. So not the 400, but okay. Ralph's legal team also heavily questioned the validity of the eyewitness identification and lineup. Of course they did. Uh, They also gave evidence that the hair and blood forensics were being improperly presented to the jury and offered up an alternate timeline of the night's events where Ralph arrived at Charisse's apartment at 930. However, in spite of all of this, the jury found Ralph guilty on March 24th, 1981. He was sentenced to life in prison plus 16 years. I really am wondering, and this is just conjecture, I do wonder if he hadn't been convicted of the four rapes and served. Oh, yeah. If this would have affected the, how big a factor that was in this entire for conviction. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, of course, Ralph's defense team spent several years filing a slew of unsuccessful appeals, unfortunately. In 1991, his team petitioned the court for a new trial based on DNA results showing he could not have been the source of the semen found on the bathrobe belt. All his appeals were denied, with the appeals court referring to the DNA evidence as an insignificant piece of circumstantial evidence linking Ralph to Sharice and to her apartment. Now, how could DNA evidence be insignificant? No matter matter what it is. Sorry, what was that? It's just an insignificant piece of circumstantial evidence. What's a significant piece of circumstantial evidence? Well, right, exactly, yeah. In 1993, here we go, the Innocence Project became involved in Ralph's case. In 2001, more advanced DNA testing was done, which excluded both Ralph and Sharice's boyfriend as the source of the head hairs found on the belt. The testing also found that the semen on the belt came from Sharice's boyfriend. Oh, wow. Again, I don't know. I don't know what that says. We don't know. Um, That's right. But Ralph's defense team submitted yet another appeal based on this tremendous finding. And in 2005... His conviction was overturned, and Ralph was granted a new trial. With the new trial 
pending, a woman was called to testify at a pretrial hearing. In her testimony, the woman stated that back in 1995, she had called the Dane County ADA Assistant District Attorney, John Norsetter, to report a confession she'd received about Sharice's murder. Hmm. The woman stated that Ralph's brother, Steve, had confessed to her that he had killed Sharice, not Ralph. And remember, Ralph had gotten the money earlier that morning from her brother. Oh, right. uh, From from Steve, his brother. Yep. She went on to state that Steve had expressed concern Ralph would be exonerated by DNA and come after him if he ever found out Steve had actually killed Sharice. I have so many thoughts, but I we're wrapping up this this crazy story, so I guess I'll save them for now until we get to this part. But Steve had described the murder in detail to this woman, who had relayed the whole gruesome story to ADA Norsetter. Norsetter did not report this evidence to Ralph, Ralph's defense team, nor did he do anything to pursue the lead. Great. What a Again, good guy. I'm what getting a great a lot assistant of, district attorney. Absolutely. And I'm getting a lot of Adnan Syed vibes here because the same kind of thing happened here with evidence being Well, withheld. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Even if Ralph did it, even yes, if we all thought Ralph did it, too, yeah. his trial was rigged. This is rigged. Yeah. This is this is just not correct. For sure. Um, Steve had disappeared shortly after Sharice's death and had never contacted Ralph again. So that's, you know, I'm wondering if Ralph is like... Jesus. Like, I don't know. I wonder if Ralph is like, oh, where's Steve? Like, what could Steve have done? You know, like, how does Steve get involved? Or if he just was completely unaware, I guess we won't really know. Steve passed away in 2005, the same year Ralph's conviction was overturned. What a what an ironic. That's odd. Uh, what yeah. a full circle there. For sure. The defense did not learn about this new testimony until 2007. Now, remember, this is this all unfolded in the late 70s. So this is a significant... And that guy's been rotting in jail. Yeah. You know, that guy was rotting in jail the whole time. In 2006, further testing was done on the head and pubic hairs found at the scene, including mitochondrial DNA tests, or mtDNA tests, which test the DNA inherited from the subject's mother... Ralph and Steve would be expected to have matching mtDNA profiles as they share the same mother. This testing excluded both Ralph and Sharice's boyfriend. The semen found on the belt was also retested and also excluded both men. So now none of the men that were sort of being pointed at in terms of the trial are even remotely connected in terms of DNA. In spite of these results, the state decided it would move forward with Ralph's new trial for the rape and murder. Based on what evidence is my I question. I don't get it. Yeah, I just don't the get it. The state did not notify the defense team of these new tests performed on the evidence nor of the findings despite the fact they were legally obligated to do so because in discovery, right? Like if you, you know, even if you're de- if you're the defense or the prosecution, you have to reveal what what whatever. Of course, both you have. sides have to be equal of, yeah. of of processing the evidence. When 2007, Ralph's defense team finally learned about the call made to ADA Norsetter. The defense argued that Norsetter's decision to retest the DNA may have indicated an attempt to get a false conviction against mm. Ralph, as he expected the test results to be indistinguishable from his brothers. In a hearing, Norsetter admitted that he did get a call from the woman who claimed to have heard a confession about a big case. However, his memory was vague, and he stated it may have been about Ralph. Cool. Hmm. Good job, Norsetter. Very cool. Norsetter admitted that he hadn't shared the evidence with the defense, believing the information was not credible. How would you know? You never did anything to even test whether or not it was fucking credible. Also, not your place to worry about that. Nope. You know? it's You're not the judge and jury yeah. here, buddy. Uh, based on Norsetter's suppression of potentially exculpatory evidence, there was tremendous proof that Ralph's due process rights had been irreparably compromised. Yeah. It, 
In July, hence Adnan Syed case, yeah, and in yeah. July of 2009, the state's case against him was dismissed. Hmm. The judge stated that it was clear the prosecutor had acted in bad faith. In October of 2009, you know, a couple months later, Ralph was officially released from prison and cleared of all charges, essentially rotting in prison for 30 years. Right. In February of 2017, so a few years ago, the state of Wisconsin was ordered to pay Ralph over $1.75 million for the 29 years he spent wrongfully imprisoned. Definitely not enough money. Definitely not at, enough. At the time, Ralph was 64 and imprisoned in New Mexico on parole violations related to a sexual assault case that predated Sharice's murder. That's right. Remember, he did have a little bit of a criminal record, apparently. He before. did, but not on the, this is not, not on, on this, this record. One, yeah. And that's important. And I love that Wisconsin did that because not every state does that, by the way. Yeah. Pay, you know, I forget the exact name here uh, of what these ki- types of... Um, payments are but there's you know there's a state somewhere i forget which one it is where for every year that you spend wrongfully incarcerated they give you one million dollars so if you know for him that would have been 30 million dollars or something like that so it's insane yeah this is insane like thank god that's why the innocence project exists yeah and it's just and think about what think about all of the people who are wrongfully convicted before the innocence project came along in a time where at least who in the, still are. Yeah, and they still can't even are. Get to all the cases. No, they I was just gonna say. To yeah, and like before, you know, the Innocence Project came along. When, like, I was kind of alluding to earlier, like, it was sort of a wild west in our Amer- in our country's history in terms of like how jurisdictions convicted and what they convicted for, and like think of like the Salem witch trials. Like, oh, what God. the fuck? So anyway. Listen, that's the justice insane. system is flawed. It works in some ways and not in others. And that's just that's just the reality we live in. That's life, unfortunately, in America. Anyway, let us know what you guys think about this week's episode. Uh, you can hit us up at jthrasher at Carpe Darren. Uh, you can hit us up on Patreon. You can hit us up in our Shaken and Disturbed Facebook group. Um, Darren, speaking of which, we should get into some listener shout outs. And I know you have a couple here right off the top that you wanted to get to. Obviously. Well, John, there was a lot of reaction to our episode of Betrayal with Darren Karp and our Shaken and Disturbed Facebook group. So I just want to kind of give out some love to people who okay. listen to it. Alexandria said, really enjoyed this episode. There's nothing quite like y'all's chemistry and dynamics. Well, Aww. John and I have been having sex now for how many years? <laughs> for so long. How, how many, how, 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 how long have you and I been secretors? Okay, John's done now. You're I making, killed John. That is so John's not coming back. John's not coming back now. Oh, I've killed John. John oh, is dear. dead now. I'm dead. Jennifer said he. Good thing he has. He's like a cute. You guys got to see this. Maybe we should plug out a clip when I say that because he like turned around. chair in his in his no in his computer chair like went all the way back that I almost couldn't see him. You were like it's a new computer. You were horizontal. You were horizontal with the ground. That's how far I made you uh, laugh. That's right. You're Jennifer right. said loved it. The end where Darren was like, you want to tell people where they can find you? And you were like, well, you can listen to our other podcast <laughs> where we tell stories just like this. It was great. Our great friend Laura, who came to Brooklyn show all the way from Atlanta, obviously right. loved it, saying, I'm saving all the portrayal episodes for my drive home to Michigan in a couple of weeks, and I can't wait. Always love you guys working together, no matter if it's behind or in front of the microphone. Oh, all the love. So I sweet. love all you guys. This is fucking awesome. I'm so I'm so honored to be able to do this with you, John. Absolutely. And, for them. and yes, thank you guys so much. And Darren, there are even more uh, comments coming in on Facebook right now. If you wanted to go check those out, um, a listener on Patreon who I won't identify because they haven't shared whether it's okay to kind of give their name out. I just want to be very 
you know, sensitive to that. They shared something with us and I thought it was really um, interesting. I wanted to share. She, uh, this person says, I know this is the wrong podcast Patreon for this, but I just had to write in and say I'm loving John on Betrayal this week. As someone who is a in a relationship and is a caretaker for someone who is disabled, I really appreciated your takes on what it could be like to lose all independence. Also, your compassion with the pain med epidemic because my boyfriend also suffered from that until about two years ago when we were able to get him Mm. on methadone. It completely changed our lives. But before that, it was torture being described meds like that and then having the doctors take them away and treat him like a criminal if he used the wrong CBD product that had some THC in it. Exactly Um, right. Yeah. And this person went on to share that the way we scrutinize people as a society in terms of addiction and disabled people, uh, it's tough. And they're just sort of very thankful for our POV. That's on Betrayal with Darren Carp, Darren. And you guys can, of course, listen to that episode. We'll link it in the show notes. But yeah, that was another thing I liked about that episode is we kind of touched on all these like other things that happen around these murders and these betrayals. Yeah, one thing I really like to do, especially with you, is like there's so much nuance in a lot of things that I think the court of public opinion, people assume that that, that's fact and that's the jury and the judge. And especially with the opioid epidemic and people in pain meds, it's like, yes, is there a problem with that happening? Of course, Mm -hmm. right? Like, Mm -hmm. of course there's people who do that. But the other side, there's people who are in chronic pain that need those pain meds and are looked at when they need those pain meds as if they're drug addicts and they're not. And that's the problem with looking at this through one lens and one lens only. And two truths can be can be existing at the same time. Yeah. And I think people need to have a better capacity in their brains to understand <laughs> that maybe not something is just Democrat or just Republican. Maybe there's nuance in some of this stuff. And maybe there's, you know, I, I don't know if you guys watch, but even just politically, this last Saturday, they had a Saturday Night Live. Maybe it was two Saturdays ago because okay. it was on Thanksgiving. They had a game show with Keenan Thompson called uh, Are You a Republican, right? And then they had contestants and they'd this, be like, and they'd be like, you know, like, I, I stand with athletes. And they're like, which athlete? You know, and it's like, it's like Aaron Rodgers or, or uh, you, yeah, you know, like, and it was, uh, or Colin Kaepernick, for yeah, example. And it was Colin, just, yeah. it does a really good job in a humorous way of something I think that I certainly, and you certainly try and do, is just like, it's not as black and white as I think we all think it is. And, you know, for every person that's abusing something, another person really needs that something. And yeah. it can't just be one rule for either side. And that's very important. So hundred... I'm glad you recognized that. Yes. And story. thank you so much to this person. And if they are willing to let us reveal their name, we'll do that on a future episode. To your point, Darren, one last thing I want to mention about this is, you know, this person specifically mentioned CBD and THC. I live right now in Maryland where legal marijuana is a thing. And like ow, my, ow. my sister, oh, you'll, you get along very well with my sister who works at a distribution facility. And it's just so weird because oh right God. across. Why haven't you hooked me up with I know. your sister? Well, listen, she's single. So I don't want your secretions anymore. <laughs> she, but it's funny because in Maryland, you know, we have a distribution center. We've got drive through um, marijuana places. Darren, you need to come visit my hometown, clearly. Um, But like right across the bridge, you know, essentially right here where I'm living is West Virginia, where it's it is illegal and it's like a criminal offense. And like, I think while, yes, I completely agree with you, we need to change the way we kind of view this stuff. The reality is our society and our government and our laws are sort of dictating how people see this stuff. And I will admit to myself, you know, I've evolved on this topic all through the years. You know, when I was in high school, I was such a straight laced i gotta get a scholarship i would never touch i'd like marijuana. to think i've helped with that a little a hundred percent you have oh my god you've been the biggest 
definitely the biggest influence in my life about it. And my drug sister. pressure. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. you, with all the drugs you give me. Yes, of course. Yeah. No, that, for for the record, that's not true. I've never given John drugs. No, never. We've never even alcohol. <laughs> no, I, guess. I was going to say we've been drunk. That's about it. Yes. Yes. But you know, it's it is a. I think it is a re. Um, it is a reaction to our government. Like I think that because this has been a state by state issue. It, you know, the people of those states are reflecting, you know, their own kind of views on it. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but right now, until it's sort of federally across the land, it's hard to expect that everybody's going to be on the same page. That's really all. Well, yeah. And, and certainly, like, we have 50 labs of experimentation here with 50 states. And I think right. a lot exactly. of the reason that marijuana legalization, marijuana specifically, um, has really come to the forefront is because people looked at Colorado and they were like, they got $900 billion in taxes from this last year and Colorado, you know, and New York City, yeah. New Jersey, they're all yeah. hopping on board now because I think they see. But for me, I mean, not to get political, I own my yeah. body. I get to choose what I put into it, no matter if it's sure. bad for me or not. That could be fried food. That could be heroin. I fucking <laughs> own my body. Um, so yeah. I get to choose what I fucking do with it. And that's sure. my opinion about it. Um, but yes, thank you. Thank you to all the listeners who kind of understand yes. that at least John and I, we're not a hundred percent right about everything, but our conversations I feel like are the conversations that need to be happening and not just put people in these boxes of saying like, no, you're wrong. You're incorrect. Yeah. You're, you want this. Cause like yeah. one man's trash is another man's treasure yeah, sometimes. That's you a know? great way to put so. it. And anyway. if you want some more holiday trash, Darren, this oh, is a great uh, segue because uh, sign up for Patreon. That's right. Warning: We're giving you your warning now. If you would like our holiday card mailed to you this year, which of course you do, it's definitely trash. It's we will tell trash. you right now, it's trash. <laughs> but who, who, you know, if you're a fan of the show, I think it would be fun to receive. No, you want this. our trash. Yeah, you want yes, this trash. No, you want our trash. Yes. It's funny trash. It's funny yes. trash. Now is the time to sign up for our Patreon. We wanted to give you the heads up. We will be sending it out later this week. So the deadline to sign up for our Patreon to receive this is December 10th. Um, doesn't necessarily need to be a certain time, but December 10th is the the date. I will be print, literally printing out your addresses to put them onto our postcards. So be aware of that. Um, and, and just so you guys yes. know, because uh, sometimes the tears get a little uh, shaky. Uh, you must be at the disturbed, truly disturbed, or super fan levels to get the postcard. So That's one right. of those three levels will give you what you need. That's right. And good news, you can still sign up for 15% off if you subscribe annually. So if you do that, you won't even have to worry about any kind of like monthly billing. You're good for a year. Uh, you'll yeah. get it next another bill next year. And you're supporting us, which is really the, the and crux. We say, and we Yes, and we say this every time, but your support of us as independent creators just mm -hmm. means the world to us. And this is one of the many, many ways we give back to you for being so kind and so generous. We know that holidays are upon us, money is tight, and we appreciate anything That's and everything. True. But more importantly, we just appreciate that you all listen. And, you know, if you can't afford it, we understand. You know what you can do, though, that doesn't cost you anything except five minutes of your time is please rate, review, and subscribe uh, on Shaken and Disturbed because having those really good ratings is kind of like a tip uh, for us in a lot of ways. It just gets, gets seen in other places. <laughs> That's a good way so to put it. Yeah. that would be very helpful uh, if you can spare the three minutes, obviously. Yes. All right. We have to uh, sign off now, but we can't sign off without thanking Megan. So wherever you are, be prepared to say out loud uh, a thank you to Megan so that you can just connect yourself with other Shaken and Disturbed listeners. Darren, you ready for this? Let's do it. One, two, One, three. One, two, three. Thanks, Thanks Megan. Thanks, Megan. <laughs>
All right, we'll Megan, s- you are our favorite secretor. That's I hope right. She listens to that. By the way, there's a new episode of NMR available on Patreon if you want to check that out. And we will see you next time for an all new episode. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs>